Well, a lot of you probably don't know how we do it, but when the preacher's going to be gone, why, like to say, the board gets to take over. And uh, PJ told us at the next to last board meeting, he said, well, you've got till the next board meeting to decide who's going to do it. And so I blame Rod because three weeks ago, Rod stood up here and talked about serving. Serving your fellow man, serving your fellow Christian. And then Greg Schink got up in the next two weeks and beat it into me again. Huh? Yeah, you started it. So so I said, okay, I said, I'll, you know, we're going to do the testimony deal because none of us board members feel comfortable coming up here and preaching. Uh, for me, I don't know enough. So anyway, that's where it all started. But uh, I need to give you a little background. PJ does that. You know, he, he goes into a scripture. He gives us a history on it. Uh, the one scripture you, verse that I'm using this morning is Galatians 5.13. For brethren, ye have been called under liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion of the, to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Um, Nineteen years ago, approximately, uh, our youngest son was in a car wreck. And he was up hospital for ten days to two weeks in a coma. We didn't realize it at the time they were keeping him in a coma, so brain swelling to go down. Well, there was a gal up there that at that time it was a paid job. She ran the intensive care waiting room. We called her Commandant Clink the first few days. She was an elderly lady, and she ran it like a Commandant. But I think she was doing it for self-preservation because she didn't want to get too tied up with the people that were there and the patients because she was there five days a week. And I know when my dad was in Mayo for a long time in ICU, they rotated those nurses out every six weeks so they didn't get too attached to the patients. And I think that was just her way of protecting herself because eventually we wore her down and uh, we got a hug when we left. <clears throat> well, I used to, uh, I, I stopped and saw her twice after that. The last time I went up was about a year after we got out. And uh, she was just about ready to retire. Her husband was sick. She was going to quit and take care of him. And that was the last I ever heard of her. Well, fast forward <coughs> to uh, December of last year, I retired. I turned it over to Brian. I'm done. I'm going to drink coffee. I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to take care of Lale. And in two weeks, I was absolutely bored to death. And I talked to Dwight, and I talked to PJ, and there was somebody else. Oh, I think I talked to Carl. Yeah, I talked to Juanita. <laughs> I listened to Carl. <laughs> but, you know... I, uh, you know, what, what, what can I do? I felt Juanita started volunteering at a, a thrift shop over in Sloan a year and a half, two years ago, and she really enjoys it. And I thought, well, I'm going to volunteer. So I talked to PJ one night, and he said, well, where do you want to go? And I said, well, I don't know. He said, well, do you want to 
volunteer at a Christian organization or a secular? And I said, I don't know. And I said, you know, really, I think I'd like to volunteer at the hospital. Well, yeah, that's fine, you know. So I went to the hospital one day. I went to Mercy because I kind of knew my way around Mercy. And it was 15 minutes closer than St. Luke's. So I went to Mercy and met with a gal in there. And she's a... She's an Indian from, from India, not Native American. She's from India. Her dad immigrated over here. He's a psychiatrist in uh, Lincoln and so forth. But anyway, I told her I'd, I'd like to volunteer. And she said, well, where would you like to work? And so I told her the story. And I said, I think I'd like to work at the ICU desk. And, oh, well, we don't get many requests for that. But, yeah, you know, that'll work. So I had to go through the, I had to get a flu shot, which I didn't want, but I got one. I had to have a TB test and, oh, all this stuff. Background check. And they got all that done, and uh, and so I started volunteering up there. And it's the highlight of my week. On Thursdays, I'm up in the ICU waiting room. And on Monday, I'm at the front, Monday afternoon, I'm at the front desk. And if you want to know where somebody is, I can look it up if they're in the system, and if they aren't, I can't. But uh, it it just reminded me when uh, all the talk about serving and uh, helping your fellow man came up, we talked about it in Sunday school. God knew what I needed. I didn't, but God did. And there's three things that I want you to get out of this. PJ always has two or three things, so, you know, I figure if he does it, I got to do it too. Um, just do your job. Juanita was talking to a friend of hers one day over at King's Closet, and she said, why did Leah want to go to the hospital to volunteer? You know, what made him think there? She knew right away. I didn't. But it was Joe. Nineteen years to finally result. We have to be patient. God's patient. He worked on me for nineteen years. And I found out later that Joe only lasted about a year after she retired and she passed away. So she never knew. But she did her job, she did it well, and she influenced me twenty years later. So whatever your job is, do it. Do it the best you can. You don't know how God's going to use it. I'm sure she never thought somebody was going to come back and volunteer because of the way she treated us. The second thing is, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had to do something. I've heard stories about guys retiring and dying a year later. I was headed there because I had absolutely nothing. But if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit... He'll nudge you in the right direction. He's not going to lamblast the loudspeakers telling you what to do. That's not his thing. He's just in there. He just nudges you this way. Talk to this person. Think about this. And if we're sensitive to his leading, he'll lead us where we need to go. He'll give, lead us to what we need. Maybe not what we want, but what we need. And the third thing... <clears throat> Is just what Seuss was talking about this morning. She was talking about she was depressed because 
She can't get around like she used to and so forth. The first day I was at the hospital volunteering, I was just shattering somebody to learn the job. And three of us went down Nate together at the cafeteria. A nurse came down, we got to talking with her and stuff. And she was talking about her husband, James. And he's a volunteer. Well, he doesn't come very often now because it's flu season and he has low immune system. But he came, I talked to him about three times now. He's had diabetes for quite a while. He's legally blind. He walks with a cane. He can see not to run into you, but he can't see who you are. Um, he had a kidney transplant. And he walks with a brace on one leg. And he comes and volunteers. What he does, he walks around. He's on his own. He walks around, and if he sees somebody that he thinks needs to be talked to or wants to talk, he will. He told a story about going in and talking to a 90-some-year-old farmer. Said he would have been more comfortable in his bib overalls laying on the bed, but, you know, he was laying there. He had cancer. It was terminal. He talked to him a while. He said, uh, have you talked to your kids? No, he said, I don't want to bother him. And pretty soon he said, well, how do you think they're going to feel if you die and they don't even know you were sick? Well, yeah, maybe. So he ended up calling his kids, and they came, and uh, his son came out and thanked him so much for telling his dad to call him because his dad wanted to call him because he didn't want to bother him. And then there's another man that came in that volunteers. I don't even know his name. I was up there Monday, and he came in, and he wanted to talk to my boss, the gal in charge of the volunteers. Her name is Ravithy. It took me two weeks to get that down. But anyway, he said he had a poor judgment, and he moved to Wyoming, and he was back. And he used to volunteer there, and she just started doing it in September, so she didn't know him. But they went into her office, which is right behind the desk. You hear everything. I wasn't trying to, but, you know, it's just voices carry. And she said, well, she said, let's go see if your records are still here. And that was the last I saw him until Thursday. I'm sitting there at the desk. There's a long hallway down to the elevators. And there he is taking somebody to the elevator to go to wherever they need to go. Now, this guy is about 6'4 or 6'6". Six, six. I mean, he is tall. And I would guess he's probably in his 40s, early 50s. He has one leg. His right leg has gone at the hip. There's nothing there. And uh, he uses crutches that I had a classmate in school that had polio. And he uses the clutches that go around his forearm, and then he has a grip on him. I could not keep up with that man walking. I know it. I haven't tried. But he takes such long strides, and he goes so fast, he's just... But, but he comes and he volunteers. He did it before and he came back. So we don't have an excuse not to help our fellow man. Um, I, I know I didn't do too much before I retired. And I know a lot of you are trying to raise families and you're busy and so forth. But anything you can do, it doesn't... It helps you more than it helps them, I guess. 
I, uh, I know that's kind of cliche, but it does because I don't know. I'm just excited to go up there and work. I've had, uh, I mean, I've been there like four weeks, and I have so many stories. A young kid comes in and wants to go to detox. You take him up to the emergency room, get him started. Young couple come in. She's pregnant, obviously, but not that pregnant. She's having contractions. Get her to the emergency room. The couple that's about 10 years older than me come in all stressed out. They just brought her daughter in. She had a stroke. Where do we go? It's amazing how much it makes you feel like you're useful, um, that you're doing some good. So I would just encourage everybody to find a place. For me, it was a hospital. I don't know where it is for you. Go to an elementary school. Men are little kids learning to read or do math. Math, I wouldn't have any fun with that. I want to go to the high school land. But, you know, everybody's different. But there's a place out there, if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, he will nudge you in the right direction. And God wants us to help our fellow man. He wants us to help our brothers and sisters in Christ. But by helping those that don't know the Lord, 20 years it might be the thing that brings them around to the Lord. So, with that, I said I had 10 minutes, and I think I went 15. Anyway... I, I tend to go on. Um, oh, what's our...